You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. To drinking fathers, the literary briefs edition. I am your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today is Skunk Brother. <coughs> so my COVID cough, Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. My co-host that led us into this brilliant episode is um already had an entire can of cider, so she's drunk as a skunk, Valerie Willis. On on can two. I know you're going to talk about it in a minute, but we're going to introduce our amazing guests first, because um, don't forget to like and subscribe. Our amazing guest today is Robin Minna. Minna. Why is that a lot of consonants that threw me off with my, okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm almost done. This is why I'm not doing so well. I am almost done with my um, Sonic cherry limeade that i put some of the lightning in isn't the lightning that one time with charles gannon and you were starting to slur and we were like are you okay Erica? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that lightning okay that lightning <laughs> charles gannon loves and appreciates me i'm just gonna say that it was awesome seeing him at dragon con mm-hmm. i love and appreciate him too okay val what are you drunk on I am drunk on Bean Nectar, which is, I guess, an independent brewer who does zombie killer, because I don't know when this is posting, but this is uh, a hard cider with honey and cherry, and it's pretty smooth. What is this? What am I doing here? 5.5% alcohol, and I'm totally getting smashed off of just barely two cans. (laughs) You are my favorite lightweight, my friend. Oh, I forgot my other drink, which is it's got gin and then I forget what the rest was. <laughs> yes, I was. It's fine. I don't remember what else I put in there. It's it's good. We're done. We're, We're done. We're taking great naps after all this. Yes. Yeah. That's happening. Robin, what do you have? I I have a little bit left of my iridescent gin and a or my iridescent French 75 and it's called <laughs> it's okay we're we're betting a thousand here it's literally no. what they don't know is right good. Is, well they all know that no they all know they're listening to us we've been recorded hour. <laughs> so we're not <laughs> you're so spectacular today let's start <laughs> off with our rapid fire questions Robin what is your favorite book of all time a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens Oh my God. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. Why is that your favorite? Uh, well, he was brilliant. I think I, I, it's my opinion. I think it's the greatest story ever written, but, um, it's got everything. It's got ghosts. It's, it's creepy. It's got a more incredible moral lessons. It's political. It's, um, emotional. It's, it's, it's even got a little tiny romance in it. You can't, you can, it's got everything, but, um, yeah, that's why. One history about Charles Dickens, the Christmas girl. His publisher refused to publish it and he hated it. So Charles Dickens funded the public publishing the book and then mm-hmm. sold it at the farmer's market while reading it. So he is accredited to being a self-publisher and an open mic guy. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Who knew? Who knew? See, there it is, the history buff just. He also wrote it simply, you know, for the purpose of making money. Like he needed money. And so he wrote it and uh, it's just, but it's brilliant. Pretty much like everything he did was brilliant, but. Very cool. Um, what is your least favorite book of all time? Um, the Me Before You by Mojo. Am I saying that right? Do you know what I'm talking about? I forget her name, Mojo something, Me Before You. It was a movie. It was a, it was a bestseller and you. it was a movie. Okay. No, thanks. Yeah, it wasn't my fave. <laughs> it didn't hit our, it didn't hit our. Didn't, no, I, it, it was, I didn't like the end. I don't, I don't want to spoil it for other people who might want to read it, but. Yeah, okay. that ending to any book or, or show can be quite, it can ruin the whole experience. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I want you to replay the, what you just said. I don't know. I don't know. I, the words don't, did not come out the way I was thinking them. So I have no idea what I just said. So I, everyone enjoyed You just said it. a bad ending can ruin a book or a show. I'm not talking anymore. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next question because that was one of the most adorable things you've ever said. I am not allowed to have zombie killer because apparently I'm the zombie and it's killing me. <laughs> or maybe it's going to kill you and turn you into a zombie. That could happen. Okay, Robin, what is um, a book or, uh, sorry, a movie or a TV show that's made from a book that you think they did a really good job with? Bridgerton. Ooh, oh yes nobody said that but i agree i, I agree I, are, you, are you glad I'm, they're skipping three and going to four um i i don't feel any kind of way about it uh they're both good books i read i uh me and my sister are reading actually my sister got i don't know if you have you guys seen that that thing where oh god what do they call it um where they you get the book and they give you presents with it have you heard okay. this the box book box the box books box thing where um you get the book and you get like three wrapped presents that you open on certain pages well the bridgerton ones you got this thing it was like 200 dollars. it's crazy my sister bought it for me for christmas where you get the books and one was signed by the author um oh. and yeah and you get the presents and i'm like super addicted to it so we're doing that so we're reading the books the second box uh with the next three books will be here in like november and so we're excited about that so we're gonna so we're kind of reading the books as we go through the show, but I'm, uh, we're ahead of the show at this point. But that's probably a good thing because I yeah. feel like it's sometimes better to have the book under your belt than the movie or TV show first. Definitely. I have trouble okay. reading a book if I know how it ends, if I know what's going on. Yeah, but <laughs> apparently sometimes that's not the case from what I heard about where the crawdads sing. Um, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen the movie, but I did read the book, so I don't know. Yeah, no, apparently. I just finished the book and apparently the movie does not go that same direction, but let's move on. What about uh, a TV show or movie that did absolutely horrible to the book? Um, the adaptation of Jane Eyre, the last one. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, had the girl from Alice in Wonderland in it. Who am I talking about? God, I'm terrible I, with names. I don't know. I do, I'm not a fan of Jane Austen. Uh, or not, uh, Jane Eyre is the, uh, it was a Bronte sister that wrote it. But um, she, I love that story. Um, but the adaptation was really terrific. All the way up until they just 
lop the end off the story completely like we don't need the rest of that like no, we're just gonna we end it right here and I was like the and then the credits start rolling and I was in shock I was like what what do you mean we're not gonna see the whole like last five scenes of the okay just we don't I need guess. those they were just I don't need those dropped. just the payoff it's fine we can just I guess the the director or the writer we're like you know how it ends you don't need to <laughs> so what is um if you could be any paranormal or fantastical creature what would you be and why paranormal or fantastical creature oh gosh that's a really good question um I think that I would be Doctor Strange because I really like when they do that thing and the circles come out like it's super cool looking I don't know <laughs> it's a weird answer you go no, it, it's a different answer. Anybody's ever? I want, I want to be Doctor Strange because he makes cool circles with his. That's totally legit. Yes, so does the Karate Kid. I could have just said the Karate Kid. I was going to say, wax on and wax off. You've got this nailed. It's fine. Right. I love both, actually. And that's a really good show, by the way. That's it's not an adaptation of a book, but it's still a good show. It true, true. Okay, what about um, if you could cast? one character from your book who would you cast and why and who would you cast them who would you cast oh. in the part um oh god you know I'm really terrible with actors names like off the cuff of my head like I have to constantly google them um you guys saw pretty in pink yeah, yeah. 80s oh. great um, who played like who played the asshole you know who I'm talking about James Spader? James Spader. I would have James Spader be the dad in this book because um, um, just, or I would have him be uh, Francis's dad because he, um, there, you know, Francis Hughes, it's all, a lot of this is, is inspired by John Hughes movies because that's what I grew up on. And, um, and I would love to see some of the characters from those movies play the characters in this, if, if it was going to be a movie, that would be cool. That's Very a great cool. point. Like Molly Ringwald could play the mom. Like I, I would totally like freak out over that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like. Have so. you watched The Blacklist with James Spader in it? I did. I didn't finish it. I, I got a little weird after a while, but I, I did watch it, I think in the beginning years ago. He's fantastic yeah. and everything he does. But. He really is. And so is Molly Ringwald. She was just in the Dahmer. She played uh, the stepmom in the Dahmer. <laughs> I have not uh, seen the Dahmer. I've, I'm getting mixed things. Half the people are telling me it's amazing. The other half are like, don't watch it if you want to sleep at night. And, like, Well, it's, I will say it's very interesting because one of the things they talk about, um, I, I write books about serial killers and stuff like that. So I will say they did a very good job of humanizing and showing the story. Like it's his story, but showing it from the victim's point of view, instead of they're just these nameless people that he killed because there were 19 of them total yeah. which a lot of people don't realize and don't realize really the history of how this went down in the news media and every, everything that went down around it and how we got away with it and stuff like that because there's a lot of social things in the book and stuff but it is um graphic you do like it because it's made by the same guys that make american horror story so oh gosh and they're not yeah, so it, it, it is graphic, but I, mean, I think a lot of a lot of people um, didn't realize what this story was and how it was told because they used 
because he came in and confessed like a lot of people don't know this but he literally sat for days and days and let confessions from the beginning and everything he could remember and stuff like that so this was built around that and the victim stories that they had and things like you know that people interacted so it's actually really really well done but it's very intense and if you're not intense is the word i'm hearing because it's real life intense yeah i don't know maybe i'll give it a look okay um what is your favorite weird food combination is it weird bacon and avocado not weird no Weird. Um, gosh. Well, well, wait, wait. How do how 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 does one eat their bacon and avocado? I literally, well, actually, I would do cheese, bacon, and avocado. Like I would just like, like get a piece of cheese and put like bacon and avocado on it and eat it like that. And I was like addicted to it, like for a whole summer. Like I was like eating nothing but like roll up. Was probably not good for you because that's what is that fat, fat, and fat like. No, I think keto would be delicious. Keto and Atkins would be okay with that. Low carb would. It just depends on what else you're eating around it. If you're like not three meals a day, but (laughs) and then go eat some ice cream, your body (laughs) might be like, "I'm just gonna hold on to this." Thank you. (laughs) Like if I put it like in a lettuce wrapper, added some veg or anything to it, it would have probably been okay. But I'm literally just eating like three fattening things stacked together. But it was it was delicious. You should try it. Uh, it sounds delicious okay but it that's not completely weird we need weirder okay um mustard or watermelon um you know i am i'm single so i eat a lot of weird i have like single i have a single person's fridge which is like pickles and french bread and like cheese and olives and I'll just like throw anything that looks good to me on a plate that doesn't necessarily go together and I'll just eat that maybe standing up in front of the fridge maybe on the counter (laughs) you're like I'm gonna make a charcuterie board that right and which is just like olives and cheese and like might be you know in cellophane (laughs) like nothing fancy whatever whatever works no, I like it. I like it. Now, question. Oh, question. All right. Are you a pantser or a plotter? Am I a what? A pantser or a plotter? So do you have to write out a plot and then start writing? Or do you just sit down and just write and just follow the story? Um, I, I don't I don't do an outline like I won't write out an outline but I do um, think about scenes and how I want them to go before I write it does that make sense like I just sort of like but I'll do it like one scene at a time it's like a think tank right writing, like I'll have it in my head but I won't day, and then you go at it right to me that's I feel a- like if I write it down it it, it can't change like so right. I and that sometimes changes so you know, I just because I, I was going to ask why but you just answered that <laughs> Erica, why are you laughing? So look. <laughs> She's like, I'm enjoying this. Val, Val's allowed to eat, eat, drink zombie. You know what, Val? I'd like you to ask the next question as well. <laughs> I like Val's questions. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> 
do you um well shit oh you gotta put me on the spot because now my brain just went brr there's like a flat line i could hear like the, the the heart monitor flatlining and then my head and i'm like ah okay as a writer what do you feel that you do well like are you do you feel like you do character development well something that you feel that you're natural at writing at um i i'm i think i'm pretty strong with dialogue uh, I think my dialogue is strong. I, it, it always kind of has been. Um, um, I, I feel like R.L. Stein taught me how to write dialogue. I always say that because uh, I read his dialogue and his books were, were really dialogue heavy and good. And, um, and uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's dialogue. You know, I, um, I think it's fairly natural when it comes out. I'm absolute shit at descriptions though. Like I will go through a whole book. You won't know where it is or what it is. Just people talking like, you know, and, and my writer's group has to point that out to me. That's, that's awesome conversation, Robin. Where are they though? Are they floating in space? Are they, you know, like. <laughs> Whose house are they at? Are they right? Are they What's are the they in a field? Are, are they, you know, what, what's happening? And I, oh, well, what? It's, they're in a house. You, you didn't get that? Like, they're like, no, because you didn't say it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess I'll go back and but. Well, it's way better than describing the house for two chapters that has no relevance whatsoever in the story. I would much rather try to imagine where characters are having a conversation than be told in a, a terrible detail. Yeah, the exact location, color, colors of wallpaper, including where it's faded and where the, what did you say about? I said, this tree leaned to the left, the other one was twisted to the right, and then the other tree, and that's how Tolkien writes. Oh, Tolkien, I, you know, I love his stories, but I, I struggle, I struggle reading Tolkien. Um, I, uh, I have been accused of using that, though. I, I do agree that there are some things you should let the reader try and imagine, that if you describe every little detail that you're take, kind of taking that away from. But I have been accused of using that as an excuse not to write description. <laughs> like, they're like, I'm like, well, I want the reader to imagine. They're like, you want the reader to imagine the setting because you're really supposed to have that. That's part of the package of the book, Robin. You're supposed to give it to them. <laughs> the run with it, right? But, yeah. And, and that's a hard, I think that's a, I, as a writer myself, I also struggle with that. Like dialogue comes, everyone's like, oh, this dialogue is amazing. What, what, where'd you learn to do that? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't. I just, the people talk in my head and I just record what they exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, um, that's where that comes from. <laughs> I often just write a lot of dialogue and then go in after the fact and, and add in description and, and, and stuff like that. So as a so, reader, oh. Oh, I thought I was asking more questions. No, if you've got one, I was going to ask about reviews, but you go ahead, Val. I'm impressed. Yeah. You've got, I'm impressed. You've got questions. <laughs> now, now the questions are flowing. I don't know if it was that extra sip of the cider. I don't know. <laughs> um, shit, what was it? <laughs> the zombie's taking over. Oh, oh, okay. As a reader, is there a certain pet peeve that will make you not finish a book? Um, cause you already, if, if it's yeah. slow and, and doesn't have like, uh, I, I, I write dialogue well, I think because I like reading dialogue and if, if it's like long, long descriptions, like I think, uh, I tried reading, um, Lord of the Rings and I didn't even make it through concerning hobbits because I, I couldn't, it was just so much description, you know? Um, and, uh, I was like, oh, I'll just watch the movies, but, um, you know, like it, <laughs> 
I, I just, I might, I don't have the patience. My patience level is, is really like terrible. So. So your book's out, you got reviews. Have you been reading your reviews? <laughs> I have. Um, I, I think I've finally gotten to a place where it's not crucial to my daily well-being whether somebody wrote a good review or not um it's uh it's hard (laughs) reading those reviews like um most of them are are overwhelmingly positive and that's super great but those like one or two like hit you in the ribs (laughs) i don't like it you know you know as an author i'll just you know tell you that if if you like you have to decide what what you're going to read the reviews for everybody's not going to like your book no matter what it's never going to happen not everybody on the planet likes your book that's why you know a lot of people recommend we've said it on the show a million times go look at your favorite very popular book and click on the one star reviews yeah that's a fun oh yeah idea of what you know how people go look at twilight if you want to see oh yeah yeah one star reviews (laughs) um but the only thing I think authors, if you can't have a thick skin walking into it, and a lot of authors, this is your baby, like can't mm. have a thick skin. You have to walk it. Like I look at it like this. Well, thank you very much. Regardless of what you said, you gave me money. I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> well, it's, I look at it, but if you can't look at it like that, you have to either go in going, is there anything they're saying that's technically something I need to pay attention to? Meaning it says that you change tenses all the time. It's, you know, it says that you have horrible grammar, something like that. If that happens more than once, maybe you got to pay attention to what they're saying because there's something wrong with your book. But otherwise walk away because reviews aren't for the author. They're for readers. It's It's a reader to a reader. Like my, my, (laughs) so I'm going to tell you, I write, I write cryptid humorous erotica about urban legends and stuff so sleeping with sasquatch and there's a one-star review where someone complained and they go this is a book about the other woman it was smutty and i'm like yeah it's supposed supposed to be it's erotica <laughs> like this i wasn't going for a sweet romance hallmark here like all she they're like all she thinks about is sex and i'm like pretty sure that's what this book is about did you did you write one about a kraken no, no, but I know a few about a kraken. <laughs> there was one I read that's similar. It's called Stalked by the Kraken or something like that. It was that, like yes, a, or, or <laughs> it was really good. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a ton of those, but I mean, I can tell you for my um, one of my, I have a humorous erotica series that I write, and I got a three star review from a gentleman who said this book should not be used by men as dating advice. It's erotica. Okay. It, it's a humorous erotica written from a female's perspective. Titled and My it, Home on Whore Island. Yeah, it's called My Home on Whore Island. And he said it should not be used <laughs> as dating advice for men. And I was like, there is literally nothing about this book, the categories it's in, the blurb, anything that would give you the idea that that's what you should do with it. Like literally the blurb starts with, when she starts looking for Mr. Right and looks for Mr. Right now. Some and poor was, women out, some poor woman or a couple of women out there have lived through your chapters in real life. Oh my God. Well, like, you know, I, 
I had two, I mean, most of the reviews are, are really terrific and I love them. And some of them are really fantastic. And, and I like so great, I cried when I read it. But, you know, um, I, I'll give you an example, two reviews. One um, was uh, a girl who wrote, uh, I don't know if it was a girl, I think, but uh, she wrote, um, yeah, I, I did. She gave me a two-star review and said, I don't really like YA. That was a review. And I said, okay, well, um, but that's sure. okay when someone sees um, that and movie, then, they're like, I love YA. This okay. is the, another girl wrote, um, you know, five paragraphs on outlining all the things I could have done better. And um, it was a fairly thoughtful and, um, you know, not impolite review um, where she also gave me like two stars. And she said, you know, uh, I think you just could have done better here, here, and here, and here. And uh, that's how I feel about yeah, it. And I, I, I think reviews. she's right, you know? Well, Look here's the thing though. Look up the reviews that that person has done. Mm -hmm. And you'll see she probably gives writing advice to every review she does. And it would be interesting <laughs> to see if she's an actual writer. Right. Yep. You know, uh, it's true. You know, I try not to follow them. <laughs> I try not to chase them down. You know, I mean, I, but I, you agree. I've looked at some of them, you know, if they give me a bad time, I'd be like, look, and their average score is like two, you know, and I say, okay, so they're just tough. You know, I mean, they're just, they're not but, tough. Uh, they're trolls. That's it. There's a difference. Uh, it's not tough. Yeah. A lot of my one and two stars um, that I've seen across the board uh, as a publisher looking at my authors, you know, stuff most of the time when i follow those reviewers and see okay what other books are they reviewing what genres do they do like what authors do they like mm -hmm. like what 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 is, it appeals to them most of the time it's very rare that i see that they have higher stars above what they've already given um they're just right. raining on people's parade and and that's you know if that's that's just happens um and that's why like erica said like remember that reviews are for the readers for readers readers look at a product review and they're like oh they they gave her two stars because they didn't like ya it's clearly marked ya you know they're going to feel the right. same way you did when you read it um but they can also expose trigger warnings for for a reader who may not yeah. want to read that and what if oh. you got you dodged another bad review um but at the end of the day just long as it's not something that is alarming like your tense issues your grammar issues things things how you told your story is how you were wanting to tell the story if they wanted to tell a different story they can sit their butt in the chair and write a book like you did <laughs> yeah you know um there was that same review where the girl it was thoughtful and everything like that and she um she i think was a little because my main character is plus size and I think that one of the things she said is that I did not make that a big enough issue in um, the book. And she felt like it should be. And my thoughts on that were on, keep in mind, she said some very interesting things that I agreed with, but this one, I was like, well, but that's not what the book was about. You know, I, this book has, it happens to have a character who's plus size, but it was not necessarily about her being plus size. So, you know, that wasn't, um, I think that we, I would like to see normalized as plus size characters where the plot is not revolved around well, the fact well. that they're that they need to lose weight or they need to resolve that in some way that they can just sort of be who they are you know um the characters uh, in my home on horror island she's plus size yep i don't i don't talk about her being plus size in the entire thing mm -hmm. because you know i talk of 
you know, one of the things, and we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I, t- I love the show Shit's Creek, for instance, because it doesn't at any point in time um, talk about, like, I think that if you have to point it out and have to keep having stuff about it, like you talk about um, da- the David character in Shit's Creek, right? Which is, right. and at no point in time do they go, well, he's gay, he's gay, blah, blah. Like it's never explained that way. Life right. just happens and it's there. The only conversation about it, right, is the wine conversation he has. This is an amazing movie. dialogue, by the way. <laughs> yeah, brilliantly written, but he's, mm-hmm. and it's not highlighting and it doesn't make it like, oh, this is a show that has a gay character like that. And I agree with you. I think if we don't just have descriptions and that's the description of the character, unless it's some sort of struggle that that character is having and like for instance it's a book about coming out well if it's a book about coming out you're discussing what you're going through to go through that particular process if you choose to do that in your book i'm not saying people have to but if the character is inherently plus size if character is inherently a, a different race or something like that you don't we don't have to talk about it like that is the highlight of the book. Well, when she walked in the room next to her skinny friend, that plus size character, blah, 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 like, right. is that relevant to the story? It's not. But what it sounds like to me is this person who wrote this review desperately wants to be your developmental editor. And you're not <laughs> she wants to work for free, Al. <laughs> oh. I don't think so. I don't think she <laughs> wants you to not. tell the story you were telling. So, okay, Val, I'm going to let you ask the absolute final question in this shameless self-promotion time. Oh man, final question. Final question. What advice would you give uh, new writers who want to follow down the path of uh, releasing their first book? I would advise them to join a writer's group and get involved and, um, and get, you know, start building that community because um, they are the best uh, resource I ever found. This book would not be here. In fact, I did, you know, in part dedicated it to them because they were with me every step of the way, helping me edit it, helping me get it into shape, you know, giving my advice, critiquing it, beta reading for me. um, And all that was, you can't buy that kind of support, you know, um, from any, you know, pre, you know, editor, developmental editor and stuff like that. Just people who champion your book and, and want to see you succeed and, and you doing the same. Plus critiquing other people's work is great experience for writers and reading and getting it done. And um, so, yeah, that would be my advice. I agree. Find your tribe. Robin, right. shameless self-promotion time, my friend. Hold up the book. Where can they find you? Let's do it. Okay. My book is Hating Jesse Harmon. And you can find that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, uh, Immortal Works website, so which is my publisher. And uh, you can go to my website at www.robinminda.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's, it's, it's hard not to find <laughs> pretty much all of it. So, yeah, it's hard there. not to just stumble yeah. across Robin here on the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> I love it. Robin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Absolutely. I just want to say you froze for a second, but what was cool is you froze holding your book <laughs> like this. It so was, I didn't talking. freeze. I just held it for a really long time. Yeah. And your mouth wasn't moving yet. You were doing voices, which kind of oh, creeps okay. me out now that you said it like that. So it's fine. <laughs> it's creepy. I won't sleep tonight. I appreciate that. This has been Drinking with Fathers, the literary... Voice. 
Reeves edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My amazing co-host has been Valerie Willis. I love you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> She's ignoring me. No, I'm not ignoring you. I just said, don't forget to like and subscribe. Comment, share, reach out to us, drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. Our, our, did we say our sponsor was Skunk Brothers? Code DWA10. I'm trying to remember the things. I'm just going to unload. The floodgates have opened it and I'm going to close them now. Okay, that would be good. You're way, you've gone way down a path. Robin, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for having me. Have a it's time for a promo for the Epsilon 3 podcast. The Epsilon 3? What do we talk about? It's a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Babylon 5? What's that? It's the greatest 1990s sci-fi show in history. How are we going to watch it? With glee and excitement. How would we rate those kind of episodes? Out of jump gates. How many jump gates? Well, out of five jump gates. Because it's Babylon 5. That is correct. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. But you know what you won't do? You won't die listening to the Epsilon 3 Podcast, right here on the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.